on the telephone with R.W. Estella and a word in edgewise. Good morning, R.W. Good morning, Allison. This past Friday, my girlfriend and I journeyed to the northernmost reaches of Maine, there to participate in an environmental symposium at the University of Maine, Fort Kent. We hadn't been to the little town that could, as Fort Kent proclaims itself on the town boundary side, for quite a while, so the trip became a fine spring venture. Occasional drizzle and rain showers brightened the burgeoning light green seasonal hue of buds and new leaves atop white-barked birches and mottled maples along the way. With every mile, we felt the change of seconds into minutes of northern latitude that left no doubt we were nearing some of the nether reaches of Maine, New England, and the United States. With an overcast ceiling of a couple of thousand feet, views to the northwest over Salmon Stream Lake, and a small parcel of Penobscot Indian Territory offered only the lower flanks of Mount Katahdin, 25 miles away. Still, the visual texture of mountain meeting meteorology on the horizon with lake and forest in the foreground made us glad we had stopped for a moment to let the landscape work its magic on us. At Sherman, we left the interstate for Route 11, taking us up on through Patton, Massardis, and Ashland, Somewhere between Portage and Winterville, we slowed and pulled over to the shoulder to watch a robust, antlerless young moose buck grazing in the gully on the opposite side of the road. The locals nicknamed Route 11 Dead Deer Alley. We had been extra vigilant looking for unwary whitetail, so the ruminating moose was a fine surprise. By now, we also couldn't help but notice that the woods did not have the same spring color as only a little ways back down Route 11 to the south. We had, however, hardly seen any snow at all, aside from that on Mount Katahdin. A little north of Eagle Lake, we saw a few patches in the woods, and then later a little on the slopes of a ski area at the northeast outskirts of Fort Kent. This was interesting because one of the first things we saw entering La Porte du Nord, the Northern Door Inn, our lodgings during our stay, was an enlarged photograph of the inn from Memorial Day weekend 2005, picturing six-foot snowdrifts at the entrance. The relatively modest level of the St. John River also gave us pause to reflect on how nature isn't always so benign. Standing in a parking lot on campus at the University of Maine, Fort Kent, I listened to a woman relate a few facts from just a year ago, how the water level at that part of the river had been almost over the bank and how the water had risen to the bottom of the bridge that crosses from Fort Kent to Clare in New Brunswick, Canada. At dawn the next morning, my girlfriend and I walked along a levee that leads to that bridge. We watched the hills that surround Fort Kent begin to catch the sun's early rays, and we understood how easily the flood a mere year ago had happened, occurring when the record snowpack began melting quickly, assisted by heavy rains. We were graced with a sky mostly full of sun and a few scattered clouds for our trip home to Orono Saturday morning. Near the Clark Road north of Patton, we enjoyed one of the most spectacular panoramas of Mount Katahdin either of us have ever seen. And then not too many miles later, we gradually began feeling the civilization at the lower end of northern Maine, latitude-wise, that is. Looking forward, Midweek on the 28th around this time in the morning we'll have April's full moon, known as the grass, the egg, the fish, or the pink moon. Until then, from Orono, Maine, have a great day.